It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Thursday. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Yes, it is a football night. Tuesdays and Wednesdays stink. No football. I didn't realize how bad it was, but it's bad. And we got baseball. NBA starts in a month. College football, pro football. That's what I want right now. That's all I want. And I get some tonight. It is Thursday, September 15th. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Summer Cash Bash continues at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer long. The grand prize is a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Two steps. Open your Refreshing Rewards app. That's step one. Step two is click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That's it. You're entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, Bud Light 12-packs, hot dogs, large Doritos, Many, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member. Become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. That sounds like my dinner plans tonight. Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottle. Hot dog. Bud Light 12-pack. I do have a fantasy golf draft, so the Bud Light 12-pack definitely in play. And large Doritos. Actually, it sounds like a Thursday for me. But I digress. Rick Bozich, WDRB.com, Fox 41, will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk uh, a little baseball, but mostly some college football. UK, UofL, Indiana. I got grades from Tony Burke yesterday. We'll get some grades from Rick Bozich today. How important was the Cards win on Friday? Will there be a Mark Stoops statue eventually in Lexington? And Indiana is 2-0. and How many more wins do you see on that schedule? So we'll talk to Rick about all of those things. Chargers-Chiefs tonight. Both teams won their opener. Good luck finding it on television. That's all I got to say. I, well, not, not me, but my wife is an Amazon Prime member, which means you get online, you go to Amazon, you're a Prime member, you buy stuff, you get deals, and they deliver it the next day. There's no shipping costs, but you pay the yearly Prime fee and, and you know it's a uh, entry fee or a membership fee so i have on my amazon fire stick amazon prime television prime video is what it's called so i have no problem tonight watching the chargers and the chiefs 815 amazon prime that's the only place you can find it that's it Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet will bring you the action of Chargers Chiefs, the beginning of week two in the National Football League. But a lot of people are going to be very confused tonight. Mostly people my age and older, 50 and over, we'll say, are going to be on their Spectrum cable or their DirecTV or their Dish Network, and they are going to be looking around, where in the world is Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert playing? And they're not going to be able to find it. I'm lucky. My wife is a Prime member. If my wife did not become a Prime member, I would be doing the same thing tonight 
looking on DirecTV trying to say, where's the game? Watching it eventually on some sort of tablet or maybe even my phone, which I can barely see at my age. So here we are. This is an experimental deal. Amazon paid a whole lot of money. Amazon has a whole lot of money. Let's start with that. But they paid a whole lot of money to get exclusive rights for Thursday night NFL football. And I can't wait to see all the reactions on the interweb tonight. Because there's going to be some on Twitter and any other social media device you have. I do want to see how the streaming game goes. How Al and Kirk interact. But mostly, I just want to see a great football game. The Chargers are one to know. The Chiefs are one to know. Chargers with a hard-fought win over the Raiders last week. The Chiefs had no problems in Arizona. Kansas City is a four-point favorite. I'll give you a winner in the final segment, or I'll try to give you a winner in the final segment. They have split their last four games, including the Chargers winning in Kansas City last season. Now, it's all about Herbert and Mahomes tonight. It's all about Justin Herbert, my preseason pick to win MVP, and Patrick Mahomes, former MVP, former Super Bowl champion. Justin Herbert is trying to get where Patrick Mahomes is. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill to Miami in the offseason, but they didn't miss a beat last week. They put 44 points up on the road at Arizona. Arizona was without J.J. Watt. Okay, but how many points is that really worth? No Tyreek Hill didn't matter. Mahomes threw five touchdown passes. He's now got Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's got a rookie named Sky Moore. He's still got Travis Kelsey. He's still got Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of the backfield. That's a dynamic offense in Kansas City, and the defense is good as well. The Chargers want to win the AFC West. How do you win the AFC West? Well, first things first, find a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. As I mentioned, they've done it twice in the last four meetings. They're not necessarily Kansas City's kryptonite like New Orleans is to Tom Brady, but they give the Chiefs as good a game as anybody in the division. The Chiefs dominate the Raiders. They dominate the Broncos. The Chargers give them at least good games. And as I mentioned, they've won two out of four. Khalil Mack is the biggest addition on the defense. They added a cornerback as well. Uh, I think J.C. Johnson is his name. But Khalil Mack is the guy that was brought in, had a really nice game against the Raiders last week, his former team. He was brought in to pressure the quarterbacks in the AFC West. He was brought in with one goal in mind, make life difficult on Russell Wilson, make life difficult on Derek Carr, and especially make life difficult on Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. So I expect a great game tonight, and I hope you can find it on your television. If you have a smart TV, and I don't, okay? I have a dumb TV. I have a dumb TV that goes out when there's a bad storm because I have DirecTV. I'll get to that later. Luckily, they're not a sponsor. I'm going to get rid of my DirecTV after the baseball season. I'm going to go all streaming. 
I'm going to talk to Dave after the show about that. I'm going to go all streaming, no no cable, no direct TV, no dish. I'm just going to stream everything. Netflix, Disney, ESPN Plus, uh, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Peacock Premium. I'm I'm streaming everything. I'm not going to deal with DirecTV anymore. It's probably a mistake. It's probably a mistake. But that's where we're headed here. And this Amazon Prime video being the only place to watch the Chargers and Chiefs tonight is an indication of where we're headed. No more hardware. No more hardware. I got an Amazon Fire Stick. I can put any app I want on it. MLB TV, NFL Plus if I want, which is brand new, by the way. Everything's plus. Hulu now has Hulu plus, plus, plus. I don't even know what it means, but that's what they got. So I'm very excited about the game tonight. I'm very happy to know, to have the knowledge at noon today that I'm going to be able to watch this game because there are a lot of people in America right now looking around, looking at their kids and their grandkids saying, can you help me get this game on my smart TV? Smart TV, you're fine. Smart TV, all the apps, just add them onto the TV, boom, you got it. But if you still have a dumb TV, if you can't add apps on your television, you're going to have a lot of trouble finding that game tonight. You're going to be watching it on your phone or on a, on, an, uh, on a tablet of some kind. I expect a great game. Again, both teams want to know, Chargers are my Super Bowl team. Keenan Allen not going to play tonight for the Chargers. Hamstring issue. There were a lot of hamstring injuries in the first weekend of the NFL. A lot. Buccaneers got hit. But uh, it, it felt like every team had at least one guy go down with a hamstring injury. Now, you had one fewer preseason game this year. There were only three for each team. And a lot of guys, as I mentioned Monday, didn't play in the preseason. The Broncos looked lost on Monday night because none of their starters played in the preseason. So you get a got a bunch of hamstring injuries right out of the gate this year. So Keenan Allen won't play. That hurts the Chargers. I, and I don't care what happens tonight. Let me let me temper that by saying if Kansas City wins tonight, to me it's not a big deal. They're the home team. They're supposed to win. They're a four-point favorite. Keenan Allen's not playing. Um, Kansas City should win this game, right? But if the Chargers win, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Because now you take a one-game lead over the Chiefs and you beat them at their place. You beat them at their place. I know it's an overreaction every week in the NFL. I understand that. But this is sort of a statement game for the Chargers if they can win it. If they can't win it, I don't think it's a, a big deal. Now, you don't want to get beat by 35 points. If uh, Patrick Mahomes comes out and throws five more touchdowns tonight like he did last week, that's not good if you're the Chargers. That doesn't bode well because you shored up your defense to stop this guy, to slow down this guy, as John Gruden used to say. That's why he's there. By the way, I mentioned Tampa Bay. 
Uh, Chris Godwin, coming off the ACL from last year, was healthy, played last week, hamstring. You got Mike Evans, nursing a hamstring, expected to play. You got defensive players with hamstring issues. Tampa Bay did not get out of Dallas healthy. Dallas didn't get out of Dallas healthy either. But Tampa Bay had a lot of guys missing practice this week. And they've got New Orleans this week. New Orleans is their kryptonite. It's Tom Brady's kryptonite. Because New Orleans, for some reason, and you see this in every sport, one team has another team's number. New Orleans has Tampa Bay's number. They beat them. They play them early every season, and they beat them in the first game. They play them every season, it, it seems like. And it's all about putting pressure on Tom Brady. Cameron Jordan is the all-pro that does that for New Orleans. He's really good at it. Uh, he gets inside somehow against that offensive line, and he causes uh, Brady all kinds of trouble. Maybe it's a little foreshadowing here of the unsponsored six-pack coming up tomorrow. But New Orleans is a two-point underdog, I believe, two-and-a-half-point underdog to Tampa Bay on Sunday. Some of these spreads are very interesting. Detroit is a favorite for the first time in 25 games. They're a point-and-a-half favorite at home against the Washington Commanders, who actually won last week. The Giants expected to finish last in the NFC East. They win in Tennessee last week. Now they are two-point favorites at home against Carolina. Can the Giants start out 2-0, question mark? They can. The question is, will they? Denver was awful last week. They're 10-point favorite. Why? Because they're at home and playing Houston. The Rams lost last week. They're a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. Why? Because they're at home and they're playing Atlanta. Green Bay lost last week. They're a 10-point favorite. Why? Because they're at home on Sunday night football against the 1-0 Chicago Bears. That's another one of those we-have-their-number games. Because the Packers in the last, well, in the Aaron Rodgers era, so that's however many years that is, 10, 12, they don't lose to the Bears very often, no matter where they play. Two games on Monday night this week. Normally, for the last several years, we've had two games on the opening Monday night. We didn't have that this year. We only had Denver and Seattle. So what do they do? We have two games in week two on Monday night, and they are two good games. Tennessee at Buffalo. I'm very interested because Buffalo right now is number one in everybody's power ranking. They went into L.A., they beat the defending champions. They didn't just beat them. They beat them to a pulp. They destroyed the Rams 31-10, to and it could have been worse. Josh Allen looked great. The defense looked great. The receiving core led by Stephon Diggs looked great. The running game looked great. The O-line, D-line, linebackers, defensive backs, special teams, kickers, punters, holders, long snappers, everybody looked great for the Bills last week. Now they're at home against a Tennessee team that lost at home to the Giants. That's one of the two Monday night games. Buffalo, by the way, is a 10-point favorite at home there. The other Monday night game I think is better. Minnesota and Philadelphia. My Minnesota Vikings. Full disclosure, I'm a Tennessee fan. Not Tennessee University of Tennessee. That makes me throw up in my mouth a little. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. But I picked the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl this year. So right now, they're my Minnesota Vikings. They beat Green Bay uh, like a drum last week, and they're on the road in Philly this, this week. 
Both teams 1-0. Philadelphia put 38 points up on the Lions last week, but they also allowed 35 points. Philadelphia at home with Jalen Hurts is a two-point favorite over the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. So I'll talk more about the NFL tomorrow. The unsponsored six-pack coming up tomorrow. Three college games, three pro games. I went 4-2 and two last week. I'll also give you a pick on the Louisville-Florida State game tomorrow as well. Roger Federer has retired from the sport of tennis. Louisville's basketball schedule came out yesterday. We'll go through that. The Mets are doing Mets things. That's not good. But the Braves are doing Mets things as well. Can anybody beat the Dodgers? And great volleyball on ESPN last night. Rick Posich joins me after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big End. Welcome back to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. I'll talk more about Roger Federer a little bit later. Bats beat St. Paul last night 5-1 to one to even the series of the game apiece. They'll be back in action tonight. 8.07 first pitch in St. Paul, Minnesota, 7.35 pregame. Nick Curran will bring you all the action right here on the Big X. Let's go to the Eminem Cartage hotline. Uh, bring in Rick Bozich. Rick, how are you today? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm good. Full uh Full full uh, title, Rick Bozich, WDRB.com, Fox 41, sports expert. You like that? Yeah, that'll work. That'll play. That works. Um, all right, you want to start baseball or you want to start college football? What do we start with today? Well, let's start college football. We don't want to lose the whole audience. <laughs> uh, everybody can go away, come back in six minutes. We'll be back on to college football. Uh, let's start with Kentucky. Impressive win over Florida on Saturday. Most impressive part was what? Um, the tenacity they showed in the second half. I mean, you never felt like Florida had any chance to win the game. <clears throat> they totally took a Florida offense that really had played kind of with a lot of swagger when they beat Utah the week before. They made Anthony Richardson look like a quarterback who wasn't up for the moment, and they took the crowd out of the game, and um, they played like they expected to win. And for those of us who've been around here for a while and remember when it was impossible to think Kentucky was going to beat Florida. They've now taken it to the point where they expect to beat Florida, and that's a heck of an achievement. Was the Anthony Richardson hype after the Utah win fair to Anthony Richardson? No, I don't think so, and I didn't fall for it because I saw him play last year. Um, he had a great game against Utah, but you got to have more than one big game. Uh, but people are just so – when you play in the SEC and, and that kind of stage on national TV and – you had that kind of performance. People always these days, you know, people overreact one way or the other. Yeah. Either they make things look seem better than they really were, or they make seems things seem worse than they are. And that was an example of a team that I think people got too hot, uh, too hot excited about Florida. Is Kentucky the second best team in the SEC East? Uh, that's a great question because Tennessee had a very yeah. impressive win at Pittsburgh. Uh, I'd say they they are uh, the, the hard time. You know they got to play Tennessee down there. So uh, at this point, I'll I'll go with Kentucky. Is there uh, eventually going to be a Mark Stoops statue on campus? Yeah, I think there will be, and there should be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean he's done a heck of a job, man. I mean he really has. You can't think of. It's rare, like you know, Bill Snyder changed the perception of Kansas State. 
Um, you know, Gary Pinkle, I'd say, had a really good run at Missouri. They won a couple of SEC East titles, actually, uh, but they've fallen off since he's left. But it's rare for a coach to go in and really change the perception of the program, and Mark Stoops has done that. I'm, I'm impressed. Is, is it uh, difficult to overstate how bad this program was when he showed up? No, uh, because that was right after Joker, right? And yeah. Joker really yeah. struggled. They had a bunch of games where they were getting beat and getting beat badly. I think he had like a 48-10 to 10 or 48-14 against Florida where you felt like you know there were X number of games on the schedule every year. They had no shot to win. So it took him a while to get it going. I mean, Brooks had it going, and Joker lost the momentum, and, and then Stoops got it back. So I always try and stop and give Rich – Brooks some credit because he's actually the one that got it going in the right direction. Uh, but Stoops has taken it from there up to the next level. And, th- and there's still more room to grow. I mean, you got to prove you can stay up there. You got to prove, you know, you got to chase Georgia as hard as that is going to be uh, and, and try and win an SEC East because, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, Missouri did win an SEC East and, and Tennessee has won an SEC East. Kentucky hadn't done that yet, so that's the next step. Running back Chris Rodriguez will be back uh, not this week, not next week, but in three weeks when Kentucky travels to Oxford to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. Will we ever know what this NCAA issue was? Will this ever come out? And if so, if you know, what is it? What was it? I don't know what it is. Um, I think it'll come out eventually because things always come out. I mean, Pat Forty's written a few things about it and I think eventually he'll he'll find out what it was but um yeah I think, I think we'll know eventually talking to Rick Bosich WDRB.com is where you can read all of his stuff good stuff and uh, you can watch him and Eric Crawford a lot on uh, WDRB Fox 41 as well uh Louisville football how big was that when was it more important to the program or to Scott Satterfield on Friday um probably more important to Scott Satterfield I, it would have been very uncomfortable to him to come back in the stadium Friday night, going to, um, especially after the way they played against Syracuse. And that was an example, I think, where people understandably uh, overreacted to that loss because it was so one-sided. But uh, they played great. And that, that was another team that defensively, they made John Rice Plumley look, you know, pretty inept, like he would, wasn't going to. He, he would get lucky to complete a pass. Yeah, uh, they, they turned him into a one-dimensional player, and they needed that too. I mean, Brian Brown needed as much as Scott Satterfield. People were really howling about the defense, and uh, I thought it would be better this year. And it, they did play better on on Friday, so good for them. Now they have to keep it going. I agree with that, but I said this yesterday. They've scored seven and twenty. Uh, they're going to have to score more points than that if they're going to beat a lot of these teams on their schedule. And the offense really worries me right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree with that. Lee Cunningham has to play better. He he yeah. he had a decent running game. Uh, he's got to be better in passing, more accurate, more big plays. Um, you know, he's a fifth-year guy. He's seen it all, done it all. I mean, this is his time to really shine. And they have a decent running back uh, in Evans and a decent group of receivers. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, they need to start – I mean, they started – quicker obviously in, in this UCF game because they scored the first possession but they need to I don't know what it is they just need to be a little bit more creative on offense and I don't know how they'll be able to do that because Florida State has some dudes on its defensive line yeah what do they do against Florida State you got Jordan Travis coming back you know he wants to prove a point Mike Norvell Mike Norvell is kind of on the same seat that uh, Scott Satterfield's on uh, it's a little you know 
more intense in Tallahassee. Uh, what do the cards have to do to beat Florida State Friday night? Because I think this is a tough ask. Yeah, it is. And they're a home underdog, I think, right? Two yes. And a half. Yep. Um, you know, they got to obviously limit turnovers, which you always have to do. I think they have to um, really be effective blocking Florida State's front group. I think that Florida State's got a nice front seven, and they showed it against LSU. Um, and they got to keep the crowd engaged in the game. Uh, not, I think Louisville fans are still buying back in to getting excited about football. A lot of them are on the fence before the season started. They were probably more on the fence after the Syracuse game. And this is your first impression at home on a Friday night. You got to get you, you got to get the crowd into the game. Uh, and I think they beat haven't they beat Florida State the last two times they played them? I think they have. I think they have. Yeah, they, they've matched up with them fairly well since they've been in the league. But it's a big game, you know. As you mentioned, Norvell's trying to prove he's the guy at Florida State, and Satterfield's trying to get people back on his side here. And both of them are, are sort of in the next. If you look at the ACC Atlantic, it's probably what NC State, Clemson, Wake, top three, and then Florida State and Louisville are, are trying to barge their way into that group. So if you get one of those teams like at home, you got to win that game. Maybe Syracuse is better than we thought. Any chance that's, that's the truth? That's possible. That's possible. They beat. I mean, I know they got Purdue this good, week, but they they crushed them. They have Purdue, and they're a, a slight favorite. I mean, before the season uh, <laughs> started, I thought Purdue would be a you know touchdown favorite in that game, and Syracuse is a slight favorite. So um, that game is noon, I think, on Saturday. I'm going to be watching that one to see what the, the Boilermakers were great, but they played Indiana State last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that'll be a fun game on Saturday. I know uh, it's all about the money, but what are your thoughts on Friday night college football? Because in my opinion, and I'm I'm skewed here, I hate that it interrupts and, and takes away from high school football. I agree with you. I really do. And I feel the college basketball, which there doesn't seem to be as much of. But, you know, it's such a dog-eat-dog world where um, college football was lost Thursday night to the NFL. Yep. So NFL doesn't play on Friday, so like that's a night that they feel like they can really throw two. Uh, I think there's two games this week in there, and you know, try and make their money doing that. And I don't, I really think a lot of coaches don't like doing it, but it it's strictly a financial decision. The ESPN wants it, and ESPN doesn't care if it's hurting high school football. And um, you know, I'm with you. I think they need to. I think it's better when you let high school. Sports breathe. I mean, let them have their night. Uh, I don't know if you're an NFL fan, um, but if you are, are you ready? Amazon Prime tonight, uh, the only way to watch uh, the Chargers Chiefs. I will give it. Isn't that Al Michaels and Troy Aikman? I want to see. It's actually Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, Herbie. That's right, because Aikman's with Buck on ESPN. I got to have my own scorecard to keep track of the (laughs) Yeah, I will watch it to see how their production is and see how they do it. I mean, I know that I've watched some baseball games on Apple, and they do some different things. I'm sure Apple on Amazon will try and do some different things. And I will admit I was talking to John Lewis the other day, and I watched part of the Sunday night football game that it didn't seem quite the same with Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. You know, Michaels and Collinsworth were fantastic together, and – I like Mike Tirico. I think he's good, but he's not Al Michaels. And Collinsworth was under the weather, so that broadcast took a hit, I thought, on Sunday. 
the guy I felt sorry for this weekend was Zach Collinsworth doing the Notre Dame game. He he might <laughs> he might be in over his head a little bit. Not not because of the game. I just watch just listening. Yeah, uh, you know, as sort of I hate to be a critic because you know I do this too, but um, you know I just I thought it's too soon, too soon. He he wasn't he's not ready. Does that mean I didn't watch any of the game? I followed the score, um, so I, I don't know how good or bad he was. But if that's the way Notre Dame's going to perform and now the quarterback <laughs> the season, he is going to be a long few months for those guys. Talking to Rick Bozich, WDRB dot com. Indiana's two and zero, Rick. Should I get on the bandwagon now? No, I don't think so. I was there when they beat Illinois, and that was a nice win. Great drive at the end to win. Uh, but Illinois you know, had a touchdown taken away that probably shouldn't have been taken away. And Saturday night when they were playing Idaho, they were down 10 to nothing at halftime that they were playing in the storm. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even at the end of the game, when they had a chance to really put it away, they let Idaho score a couple times. And I think they're going to have their hands full with Western. They're only favored by six and a half. Uh, and Western, you know, I'm sure is going up there, following it off week with plenty of confidence because they almost beat them last year. This is a big game. Indiana has to win this game. If they have any path at all to become bowl eligible, they got to win at home against Western, and Western's good. Yeah, you got to slow down uh, Helton's offense because uh, they score a lot of points. I know they haven't had great competition yet, but they're going to fling it around, that's for sure. Yeah, they're going to keep it interesting. Indiana's defense, I'll say, though, my concerns about Indiana are more more on offense. They're running back. Yeah. Running game is still below average. And although Connor Basilek was great in that drive uh, to beat Illinois, his completion percentage, I'm pretty sure, is under 60%. And he, he's going to have to play better because they got Cincinnati on the road next week and then Nebraska on the road. And it, it gets real after this week. Louisville basketball schedule came out yesterday. Anything catch your eye? Uh, you know, it's it's really tricky. I mean, the first two games are Bellerman, and you know Scotty's going to have his guys ready to go. Come after on, come on. No, come on. Come I mean, on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got. And the second game, he's got Wright State, which, you know, they're usually the best team or second best team in the Horizon League since Butler left. They were in the NCAA tournament last year. That. Is not an easy game. The, the one thing I didn't like about the schedule, and it's not a rip at U of L, it's a rip at the ACC. Is uh, Louisville got single plays against Notre Dame, yeah. Duke, and Carolina, and I, I think if you're in the ACC, you need to get either Duke or Carolina twice, one of them every year, because those are the signature programs in the league. And I think Louisville should play Notre Dame rather than Virginia. Even I, I know that they're that's their partner or whatever, but I mean. Notre Dame and Louisville basketball should be a double play. They've had so many great games. The rivalry goes back into the Big East, and it's the closest trip for Louisville. So yeah, I I I like it better when Notre Dame's on the schedule twice. Yeah, the Notre Dame and Duke games are both road games, which stinks. Right. Uh, Carolina is the I guess that's the premier home game. Although you know, I don't like the the Big Ten ACC challenge. You get Maryland. That doesn't do anything for me, even though it's at home. Well, the problem is that, you know, they try and sort of seed those things, and Louisville's not expected to be, you know, one of the better teams right. in the ACC this year, So, and Maryland's kind of down. The only the draw from that is it's, it's a more winnable game, and Kevin Willard's the coach there, and he used to, you know, be at UofL, so I guess that's a little bit of a draw. But, yeah, it's not as sexy as playing 
obviously Purdue or Michigan or Michigan State or one of those teams who that's who Louisville's played in a lot of these things. So getting they get Maryland. At least it's a home game. All right, your White Sox are three back. Tony Larusa doesn't appear to be coming back the rest of this year. Miguel Aren't Cairo they four back now after yesterday. So huh? I mean, uh, I, yes, I I'm sorry. You're right. Yesterday. You're right. You get shut out at home by Colorado. Yikes. Uh, but you got the Guardians today, so you can pick up a game today. I guess that's a makeup game, a one-game series. You got three more with the Guardians. You got six left with Minnesota. Do your White Sox win the American League Central? No, it's, I'd say their chances of winning are less than ten percent. They're they're actually five games out in the loss column. Yeah, and unless they win all four games against Cleveland, it's really six games because Cleveland has the tiebreaker. If they would finish tied with them. Cleveland uh, would get the edge. There's no playoffs this year. If there's a, if you tie for the division, there's no one game playoffs. It goes to the team who won the season series. That's that's too big of an ask. The White Sox waited too long to get it in gear, and Cleveland's eight and two. Or Cleveland's playing terrific. Nobody talks about they are. Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jose Ramirez hit like a two run homer in the eighth to win the I game. Saw that that. Guy, I, was, I was watching it. That guy is the best player in baseball that nobody talks about. He's he's really good. He's and, really uh, good defensively at third base, and yes, he, is. he can hit from both sides of the plate equally well. Yeah, and he's competitive, and he yep. he never misses any games. I mean, he's not. A, I got to tap tip my hat to Cleveland. I mean, their payroll is peanuts. <laughs> really, <laughs> who's they have that you can even name? They have Ramirez, Oscar Ramirez. Sean Bieber, and you know a bunch of guys nobody knows. They have the best closer in the American League, Emmanuel Classe, uh, and nobody knows who he is. Jimenez he's was an All Star. He's given up a home run all year. Jimenez was an All Star second baseman starter, and, and people yeah. still don't know who he is. Right, and this guy named Naylor. They got a former <laughs> UK guy. Naylor looks Naylor. like me, unfortunately. Huh? Naylor, unfortunately, looks like me. He doesn't look like he could play he's at all. But. But he can't. Very early in the year, and this is way too deep inside baseball. <laughs> the yeah. White Sox, the second week of the season, were supposed to play a four-game series in Cleveland, and the first two games got snowed out and ended up being a two-game series, and Cleveland kicked the White Sox butt in both games. That set the tone. And then the first time Cleveland came to Chicago, the White Sox blew an 8-2 to two lead in the ninth inning and lost the game to them. Mm. That's when the season was lost. So. Not that I obsess over baseball. <laughs> Do you have a World Series champion right now if I put you a week's paycheck? Who, who's winning the World Series? I'm not going to go with the Dodgers because that's too obvious and they have too many. Craig Kimball gave up a game-winning home run last night. I'm not I'm not trusting him to be a World Series okay. closer. Fair. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with the Astros. I think yeah. Verlander being out gets him healthy. I like their team. Uh, they have a winning pedigree, and they have a decent enough pitching staff. I'm going to go with the Astros. The Mets are doing Mets things again, unfortunately, for Buck they Showalter. Got swept by the Cubs, right? The, uh, got swept by the Cubs at home. The Braves are have lost four of five. They're doing Mets things all of a sudden. Nobody's more consistent than Houston except for the Dodgers. But when I look at the Dodgers, Rick, I see a plus 318 in run differential. Right. Plus four twenty nine in their wins, so they're they're winning games by an average of four point three runs a game. That's unbelievable. Right. Yeah, they've been super dominant, but I mean, there's no Bueller and Kershaw. Yeah, 
Kershaw's yes. track record in October isn't great. And as I said, I mean, Kimbrell is not, he's not Mariano Rivera. He's not Class A. He's not any of these guys who I have any faith in. And, and their fans don't have a lot of faith. No, and they shouldn't. As a Cub fan, right. I can verify you should not have faith in Craig Kimbrell. Right. So, you know, as good as they are, they could go out rather quickly. So I'll, I'll stick with the Astros. I think the Astros are, the, are, are my pick. You'll be at Cardinal Stadium Friday night. Are you heading to uh, Kentucky on Saturday, or, are you, or is that not no, on the radar? Yeah. Youngstown doesn't do it for you? Uh, Youngstown State, I have a lot of admiration for that program, which Jim Trestle did there. But yep. uh, after a night game Friday night, then doing a noon kick in Lexington, that's a little tough. I so hear you. I'll, I'll be I'll be at Cardinal Stadium. You be out there? No, I got St. X and the Cincinnati Elder this week up in Cincinnati. Okay. So, okay. unfortunately, that's one of my beefs about Friday night college football. I agree. I'm that's with a, you. I agree yeah, with I know. That. I know. And I, like I said, I think, I think most college coaches agree with you, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's out of their control. So, Sa- I think Sad actually said something about that this week. About uh, He did. How, uh, he did. You know, it shouldn't, they shouldn't have to play on Friday nights and – and look, Trinity plays mail this week, and that crowd is there's going to be guy people that don't go to that game because they have season tickets at U of L, and I get it, but uh, it's just disappointing. All right, I'm gonna get off my soapbox and let you go. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, John. Rick Bose, HWDRB.com. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to take a part of the interview and, and get up on my soapbox, but I did. We'll take a break. We're late for a break. Come back, finish out the uh, the day. And look forward to football. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Thursday. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 384-1450 to join in the conversation. 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text into that number, 414-1450. Watched some great volleyball last night. Boy, I told you, Kentucky-Louisville, when you get two good teams together in uh, women's college volleyball, it is unbelievably athletic. Unbelievable. Louisville won three sets to two, 15-11 in the final set. Uh, it's the number three ranked team in the country right now. Kentucky ranked 13th, 2020 national champions in volleyball. Louisville went to the uh, Final Four, I think, last year. Anna De Beers, oh man, she is really, really good. There were athletes all over the court last night. There is nothing more athletic. You can talk about college basketball or any other sport you want. There's nothing more athletic than good women's volleyball. And this was the fourth time in 24 years, 25 years, that college volleyball regular season match was on ESPN. Fourth time in 25 years. So it's a big night for the state of Kentucky, big night for both universities, and the cards come out on top. Three sets to two. Texture just said, how about a little love for Louisville volleyball last night? Great entertainment. The nerds in the UK student section throwing the L's down on every serve was hilarious. Go cards. Well, they're not nerds. But I'm telling you what, if that game was in Louisville, I would have been there. If that match was in Louisville, I would have been there. Because it's incredible. 
It's incredible to watch. And both teams, especially Louisville this year, have a shot at another Final Four. It is, it's top-notch. And it's, it's, it's a direct result of volleyball in this area. Whether we're talking about Kiva or Mava, AAU, it used to be called AAU. Now it's, um, I don't know what it's called. AAU volleyball is what I'll call it. And uh, the high school programs around here, Assumption, Sacred Heart, Mercy, Notre Dame up in northern Kentucky. It is a breeding ground of great volleyball, the state of Kentucky, especially the city of Louisville. And uh, it was on display last night. And if you missed it, I'm sorry sorry about your luck. It was fantastic. Ed Peake will join me in studio tomorrow. Ed uh, always wanted to talk about his Louisville cards. With the basketball schedule coming out yesterday, I'm sure that's going to be a topic tomorrow. Rick Bozich touched on it a little bit, and that's the first thing I noticed too was the first thing you look at when it comes out is where's, where's the Duke game. Now, it's a little different because there's no more Coach K. John Shire's the new head man at Duke. I could care less about being John Sh- seeing John Shire at the Yum Center, but it is still Duke basketball, at least for now. That game, uh, February 20th in Durham. Notre Dame, always love the Notre Dame coming to uh, the Yum Center. Mike Bray, it's always a great game. Um, usually you get some overtimes in there, right? February, or excuse me, January 28th, South Bend. No return trips to Louisville for Notre Dame or Duke. North Carolina, January 14th at the Yum Center. Okay. That turned, that uh, has me excited. Club, club volleyball. Thank you, Tony Burke. It's club volleyball right in Louisville. But other than that, Virginia, yeah, it's still Virginia. Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest. Syracuse, Pitt, Florida State, Clemson. That's the home slate of games uh, conference-wise. Non-conference, you start with uh, a couple exhibitions. Lenore Rhine on October 30th. By the way, October, that's next month, right? Yeah, that's right. November 3rd, Chaminade, that's an exhibition. Then November 9th, the Bellarmine Knights come to town. Remember the deal that was made? I think Louisville wanted to use the the uh, Freedom Hall for uh, postseason volleyball last year. Is that correct? Tony will check me on that. I think Louisville wanted to use Freedom Hall for postseason volleyball. And Bellarmine said, okay, we'll let you use Freedom Hall. We'll move our basketball game to the Yum Center, and, but you got to play us the next two years in basketball at the Yum Center. So this is year one, November 9th, Bellarmine Knights. Uh, in the Yum Center. That is the official season opener for the cards. Then Wright State on November 12th, Appalachian State on the 15th. Then the cards go to Maui to take on Arkansas uh, and two more games before they come home for November 29th, Maryland, part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And I had forgotten Kevin Willard's the new coach at Maryland. I had forgotten that. Uh, Then the U comes into... uh, the Yum Center, you go to Florida State, Western Kentucky at the Yum Center on December 14th. A couple other of those Christmas time home games, Florida AM, Lipscomb, uh, before the conference schedule really gets underway, December 22nd at NC State on the road. 
And then December 31st, of course, Louisville and Kentucky at Rupp Arena. But Yum Center games, uh, if I had to rank them, number one, North Carolina. Number two, wow, Florida State maybe. Not a great schedule. Maryland is a nice non-conference game. Western Kentucky, okay. But uh, non-conference slate, again, not great. Not great. And the conference slate as well, when you when you don't have Notre Dame or, or Duke, oh, well, I'll still go to a bunch of games. I'll still go to a lot of games. I'm not going to give up. I'll have fun. All right, Roger Federer has announced his retirement. He will play in the Laver Cup, the Rod Laver Cup, uh, coming up uh, with N- Rafael Nadal, with Novak Djokovic. It's uh, He'll play for Team Europe in that event, but that's going to be it. Roger Federer won 20 Grand Slams in his career. He's 41 as he retires, eight Wimbledons, six Australian Opens, five U.S. Opens, and one French Open. For uh, Roger Federer, greatest player of all time? Well, I don't know. There are two guys right now ahead of him in majors that are still playing, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. I remember when I was younger, it was more interesting because there were American tennis players that were great. Back in the day, as they say, in my high school days, late high school, you had Bjorn Borg, but you had John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. Uh, those three, that, that was the triumvirate right there. Borg would always win Wimbledon. McEnroe and Connors would take care of things at the U.S. Open, along with maybe Yvonne Lendl once in a while. But Borg, I think he won five majors, and they were all Wimbledon before he retained. He retired early. And then you had Boris Becker came along, the German, the big German. Um Agassi and Sampras reinvigorated American tennis and had a great rivalry. But for the last 12 years, 15 years, it's been Federer and then Nadal and Djokovic. And it's been great. The problem we have as Americans is there's no American here. I don't have a rooting interest. Back when Jimmy Connors would play Bjorn Borg, man, you wanted Jimmy Connors to win. Same with McEnroe. And when McEnroe and Connors played each other, they didn't like each other. So you had to pick a side. Agassi and Sampras, you had the flamboyant boy band hair of Andre Agassi against the stoic uh, serve and, and volley, great serve, 110 mile an hour serve of Pete Sampras. And you picked a side. I guess you still would pick a side with Nadal against Federer or Federer against Djokovic or Djokovic against Nadal, but it just didn't mean as much, right? It just hasn't meant as much. Andy Roddick tried to get in involved there for a little while. He he would he played tough matches against these guys for a few years, but but Roger, it's the end of an era. Tennis man, tennis has taken a is taking a hit here because Serena is no longer going to play at least. We don't think so. She wants to have another child, although she did say, hey, Tom Brady did it. So it's kind of in vogue right now. We'll see what happens. And now Roger Federer. That, those are two giants of the sport. Pillars of tennis. No longer going to play. All right, little baseball. Uh, let me give you my pick tonight. I'm taking the Chiefs minus the four. Keenan Allen not being available I think is a big deal. 
for the Chargers. And I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I just think the Chiefs will have more end zone visits than the Chargers do. Chargers were good last week defensively. They struggled a little bit offensively last week. Justin Herbert threw three touchdowns, but they struggled to beat the Raiders. Uh, I think the way what I saw out of the Chiefs last week was we're not missing a beat without Tyreek Hill. We're not missing a beat. Our defense is better. We're healthy. Edwards Alaire is fully healthy again, and Mahomes is still Mahomes. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, give the four. That doesn't mean I'm giving up on my pick for the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with that. But tonight, I think it's all about the Chiefs. And good luck finding the game. If you have Amazon Prime, Prime Video, you'll have no problem. If you don't, you might want to get your kids or grandkids to help you try to find the game. Good luck with that. I said the Mets are doing Mets things. They're 6-7 and seven in September. 1-2 and two against the Nationals. 2-1 and one against Pittsburgh. 2-1 and one against Miami. And 0-3 oh against the lowly Cubs this week. The Braves, however, are 8-4 and four in September. These two teams are tied in the loss column. But the Braves have lost four of five out on the West Coast. So something's got to give. Ed Peak joins me in studio tomorrow. Unsponsored six-pack coming up as well. See you then. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act.